your favorite fat boys. What's up, world? It's your favorite fat boy, Jerron. Stefan, a.k.a. Mayhem, a.k.a. the Yu-Gi-Oh! PlayStation, a.k.a. It's me, Mario! <laughs> <laughs> and we have another special guest with us today. Everybody give it, give it up one time for Sinjin! Hello! I'm going to clap for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because that's all the clapping you're getting. <laughs> so how you doing today, Sinjin? Doing good, doing good. It's Sunday, so it's my day off. I'm just kind of chilling and doing the podcast with you guys. Thank you. We appreciate you being here with us. So give a little background to the audience. Me and Sinjin used to work together at PayPal, and PayPal in our area had uh, closed in, what was that, June of 2019? Yes. Yeah, around like June, July of 2019. Okay. Yeah, so I had already been let go because of my health. I think around Jan- late January, early February. And then we f- then come to find out PayPal was actually closing probably in like middle of Mo- uh, April. But yeah, about middle of April. Yeah, I think that was around it. Yeah, so the news came out that, uh, you know, hey, that location is closing and there might be some possible openings in either Florida or Arizona, things like that. So when you first heard the news, what was your reaction to that? So I thought that we were going to have like some kind of party. They brought in these speakers. I thought we were going to do some kind of karaoke thing, like in the beginning of the day. Then we noticed that all the big wigs were there. I was like, oh, something's probably going to go down that's not going to be a party. And it was weird. They sent out an email to the whole site because we had a mix of back office and front office. They said everybody's going to get off the phones at this certain time and don't worry about phone calls. Like, we'll take care of them. And everybody's like, that's kind of sketchy that, like, everybody's off the phones at once. And then they came through at like different times of the day and gave us like an announcement. There was a bunch of security guards around, like, I guess just in case like people rioted or something. I don't know what they expected to happen, but you're going to steal the phones. (laughs) (laughs) Is that typical to happen, though, in 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 an announcement like that, that people might want to cause an uproar? Yeah, I mean, well, people losing their job. So, okay, yeah, I guess that's important. Yeah, so so they did all that, they were, and then they came through, and they were like, hey, you guys might have already figured it out, but we're closing the center, and you guys have, like, three months. We're going to supply a bunch of HR people to try and help you, like, relocate to other jobs, or if you want to stay with PayPal, you can, like you said, move to Florida or Arizona, and it was just, it was real weird. It, it felt like it came out of nowhere, but it, when you, like, look back at it, there was a lot of things that kind of told us that it was going to happen. Like as soon as Synchrony bought PayPal credit, that was like probably the biggest red flag that none of us actually took as a red flag. Right. We we're just like, oh, great. It's just a different bank. We switched banks before. It should be fine. Wrong. Uh, so <laughs> that whole situation was weird. I remember that there was a, a lady that was pregnant behind me like during the announcement and she was crying and I was like, this is awkward. I don't even want to look behind me because like she's just about to have a kid right around when we were getting laid off. I was like, this is awful for her. Like it sucks for everybody, but like 
she's got emotions going on and like this whole like big life change that's happening. So after they told us, I was just like, all right, can we go home for the day? I was the first person to ask if we could go home for the day. And I just went home and just chilled and didn't know what to do. Like it didn't hit Mm -hmm. for so long because we had three months ahead of time that we got told. So it didn't like actually hit us until like coming up to the closing weeks and stuff like that. That's crazy. I I, I can't imagine how y'all felt, you know, in that moment, because it's probably just so surreal. Like, okay, I'm here. I'm working one minute and then I'm not going to work here the next minute. So y'all close in June. Did you take a break from work or was there pressure to find work right away? So basically, as soon as they announced that we were getting laid off, I started up my Twitch channel, which is what I do now. I stream on Twitch live and that's like how I make my money and everything. So I started it a little bit passively, just trying to like build up an audience and build up a following and stuff like that on Twitch just because the work days were not exhausting. It was just like whatever. So I had the energy to like after work go into streaming. So once the layoff happened, I just kind of went like full force into Twitch. I didn't really take a break like that because we got a nice Severin. That was the one thing that I could be like happy about PayPal. Like I can't hate them too much because at the end of the day, I feel like it was more synchrony than it was PayPal that did this to us. But PayPal definitely helped. Like they gave a bunch of resources and stuff for us to find jobs. If we wanted to find jobs, they gave us like a nice severance package as long as we stayed with the company. They, They gave me the opportunity because thing with twitch is like you don't start off just like right out the bat making money especially not the amount of money that i would start with paypal it's not like you get paid hourly on twitch it's all based off of people's generosity and how people want to support you and stuff like that so thankfully that severance gave me like a little bit of like a cushion to where i could work on that i was like we'll we'll work on twitch until the end of the year because at that point i would still have plenty of severance left over and if if it doesn't work out then i'll go look for a job I don't want to stress myself out trying to find a job that I'm probably not going to like when if Twitch works out, it's going to be like my favorite job ever and I'm going to love it. So I didn't really take a break. I still haven't taken a break, really. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's just been Twitch since basically the beginning of when we got told that we would get laid off until now. So. Okay, good, good, good. I'm glad it's working out for you as well as it has been. Right, same. Now you, you you've been how long have you been married now? Uh, three years this November. Okay, he didn't seem certain about that. <laughs> I always try and like answer how long we've been together and how long we've been married. I think it's like eight years. It'll be nine years, but it'll be three years this November. I know that for a fact. How did your wife take the news that PayPal was closing, and that what was her reaction to you wanting to do the Twitch uh, the Twitch channel as well? So. She was definitely surprised because I feel like she was in the same boat as all of us where like PayPal is a big company. You feel like you kind of have like a little bit of like job security. You don't think you're going to get laid off by like a global company just out of nowhere. So she was shocked by it. But at the same time, I had been talking about doing like Twitch and content creation online for like a while now. And she was like, you know, do like we have this chance to do it. Why not? You have unlimited time right now we have the money because of the severance and because of like the retention and everything so why not shoot our shot and see if it works out we're not going to get another chance like this unless some miraculous layoff happens if i got like another corporate job and something like that happens so 
we just kind of went with it. She's always been super supportive of anything that I've done. So it was it was cool. She was fine with it. She was just shocked and taken aback that it happened because like I called her up and I was like, hey, so uh, we're getting laid off. (laughs) She was like, what? (laughs) Because there was no signs about it. And I, I talked to her about it and like they gave us the contract and everything. And I was like, yeah, let's just let's just do it. So, yeah, she's been super supportive with everything that I've tried to do. So I'm very appreciative of her. I love you. If she watches this, she should. <laughs> Did she participate with you at any point in time? Um, So she's she's come on occasionally because she still has her normal job. So the the way that my schedule works is I tried it at first and from like a nine to five with Twitch mm-hmm. and with Twitch, because like a lot of the people that I would be looking for are people from like North America. If I stream nine to five, a lot of the people that are going to watch are like from the UK or something, because at that point, then they're off at like a nine to five schedule. All the people in North America are usually working during a nine to five schedule. So I switched it over. I started from nine to five and I was getting a bunch of UK people and then I switched it over from three to nine now. So I do that. And in the kind of like the later end of her workday is when I start. So every once in a while, she'll come on and do like a couple streams or whatever. There was like a Christmas thing where we like built gingerbread houses and did Christmas stuff. And we've done like drinking streams and just weird stuff. People love having her on here, but I don't want to like push her into it if she's not feeling she wants to be on it. But she's been in uh, and she'd like helps me with expenses for business expenses and planning different events and stuff like that. So she does like a lot of the behind the scenes of the stream and everything, which is cool. That's great. I'm I'm glad to hear that, you know, you have a a good support system with her and she's able to, you know, to to pitch in and help, you know, whether she's jumping in on the stream or she's, you know, doing stuff behind the scenes. I was was joking with Stefan. I was telling him, I said, I don't think a, a black woman, would be, you know, down for a man talking about what I'm about, I'm about to play video games for for, for nine to five. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Like we have a lot of women in the community recently that are coming through and being like super cool about it. Because you would think like at least with my mindset of how I thought of things before was like the only people that are going to be on Twitch are like teenage boys to like middle aged boys, like around my age, like millennials or something. And there's, like, a lot of women that are super cool. Like, they game and they, like, support streams and stuff like that. And it's just been super cool. And it's, like, people from all different aspects of life, whatever race they are, nationality or ethnicity or anything. Like, it's crazy how, like, this platform brings so many people together. I I, I love it. That's great. We can find you a woman on Twitch. Oh, is that what that there is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I keep my eyes on it. You're looking in the wrong places. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> So you, you mentioned earlier that you get, I guess, like kind of like crowdfunding a little bit, how you get paid. How do you profit off of Twitch? So it, it's kind of like crowdfunding in like the, the simplest terms of like explaining it to somebody who's not privy to it. So there's a bunch of different ways that you can make money through Twitch exclusively. And then usually with Twitch, you want to like have like outside sources of income and like diversify your portfolio and stuff like that. So, like, I sell merch, too. Of course, I'm not wearing any because I'm an idiot. Very much so. (laughs) But I sell merch. I do, like, commissions for art because I do art still. I'll do that. But as far as Twitch specifically, there's two different systems that you primarily make money out of on Twitch. There's Bits, which is pretty much the equivalent of, like, a penny. One bit is one penny. 
and you can go through and you can pay through Twitch to get a certain amount of bits and then you use those bits to cheer on the channel. And most streamers have like alerts that pop up like you just cheered 100 bits. Some sound effects go off and like MLG air horns like and like all this other stuff happens. So you have that. So like 100 bits is like one dollar basically. And then there's also subs. Subs are what usually is like incentivized the most because you get a bunch of emotes. So every channel is able to create their own emotes as soon as they get affiliate. And the affiliate system is where you actually start making money. So when you first start off on Twitch, you're not going to be able to make any money unless somebody donates to like your PayPal. You start off and you have to get to a certain amount of followers and you have to get to a certain amount of like concurrent viewers, which is kind of a struggle depending on how well you market yourself and stuff like that. I know some people that haven't gotten affiliate for like months. I got it in one month of starting streaming just because I really put myself out there and I was like, hey, come look at my channel. Come do this. Come do that. And I was just putting myself out there as much as possible. So I got it relatively quickly in like the grand scheme of things. So once you get that, you unlock all these emotes that your subscribers can use. I have five of them unlocked and you get more as you get more subscribers and stuff like that. But basically when people subscribe, they get ad free viewing so they can watch my stream. They don't have to get any ads from Twitch or anything like that, which is super nice. It doesn't like take you out of the experience because if something cool happens and then you get hit with like a Wingstop ad, you're like, oh, great. I missed it. And I'm hungry now, too. So I have to spend money on Wingstop. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's the cool thing is getting ad free viewing and getting the emotes because you can put those emotes anywhere on Twitch. So I have a couple. I have one that's Squirtle because I'm like super into Squirtle. So I have like a little Squirtle with little uh, heart eyes on it for like Squirtle love. I have like emotes of me like just waving and laughing and being scared and stuff like that. And you can spread those wherever. So people will sub for it's usually like $4.99. And as an affiliate, you only get half of that. <laughs> you get $2.50 of that. Yeah, because Twitch has to make their money. I understand that. Um, people can gift subs as well. So if you know somebody that's like super generous in the channel and they just want to help the community grow, you can just like anonymously or randomly gift out subs to people that have been to the channel before. So I had one person, just as an example, in September... They came through and they gifted almost 400 subs, which is what is 400 times five? That's like two hundred dollars or two thousand. Two thousand. <laughs> Obviously, I'm very good at math. Math is difficult, man. So that's like two thousand dollars that he put into the channel in one month. And that's one person. So it can be crazy. There can be people that come through and are able to support the channel in tremendous ways like that. Or there's people in that case, like. I value that person as much as a person that can come through to the channel and not be able to do anything financially, but is still able to like hang out and chill and like be like, this is a fun stream. It means the most to me when people come through and they're new and they are like, hey, this is a super cool stream and I'm going to tell my friends about it. And then their friends come through and then the community starts to grow. And it's not anything that they had to contribute financially. It's just the channel growing organically through people being awesome. And I appreciate both of those camps of people yeah those are the main ways is is through the bits and the subs and people will go crazy with both <laughs> so that's good depending on who you are and how your community is it, by no means my success is not like the standard for twitch there are 
are plenty of people just in case somebody's watching this and it's like, oh, I want to get into Twitch to have somebody drop like $2,000 on my channel in a month or something like that. There are plenty of channels that are like the same or bigger than mine that don't have the same financial situation because it's all dependent on the people. If you have people that are able to go through and they have disposable income, by all means, they can they can go through and do that, but it's not the same for everybody. So. With this pandemic going on, have you seen an increase or like a decrease or how, or how it's been like kind of up and down as far as like your, your following and donations being applied to your account? So just a real quick thing as far as the following thing, because I touched on it a little bit, you <coughs> definitely have to like market yourself outside of Twitch. Because if you just try and just stream on Twitch and that's like your, your main thing, you're like, I'm going to get followers that way. It is not going to happen because the way that Twitch and their algorithm works. Let's say you're into Super Mario, uh, the the new 3D All-Stars game, and you want to see somebody streaming that. If I streamed it and somebody else streams it with 20,000 viewers, I'm and then there's 200 other people that are streaming it with more viewers than me, somebody has to go through and scroll all the way down to see where I am if everybody else has more viewers than me. So you don't do that. You go through and you do you make YouTube stuff and offline content and stuff like that to get people, you redirect them over to your Twitch account. But overall, I've seen incredible growth this year. I don't know if it's specifically because of the pandemic. I know there's a couple cases that happened that that helped it tremendously. So my goal at the end of 2019 was to have 300 followers on Twitch. So we just barely hit that. Like right on the last day of December, we hit 300 followers and that was crazy. Since 2019, we're now up to... 1.2k followers which is like incredible growth for the amount of time that it's been but i've also had actual celebrities come through and like raid my channel so when you're ending a stream if you want to go through and help support another stream which i always recommend you can raid another stream and take basically all of your viewers and go over to another stream and like just bombard them with viewers so I had this one guy, he's a UK celebrity. He does a talk show on Twitch, super entertaining. He came through and like rated me with like 700 people one day and it like broke my computer. My computer didn't know how to act because like everything was coming through, follower notifications and everything and just a bunch of stuff. So that's definitely helped. But I think overall, as far as like not maybe so much the followers growing has been a contributing factor to coronavirus, but the amount of time that people have available to watch. So that's for sure go, gone up, like just people just being able to chill in the channel. Because I don't expect everybody to be able to hang out with me for six hours while I play video games or watch YouTube videos or whatever. But there's been a lot of people that have been able to be there for like almost the whole stream, if not the whole stream. And then they talk to me on Discord afterwards. So I think them being able to work from home gives them something where they can just kind of play it in the background and just kind of zone out and work and listen to me. So I think that's been the biggest thing with uh, with coronavirus and this whole situation. And it doesn't seem like it's really affected how much money people wanted to put out. I fully expected people to be like very cautious with their money because it's a difficult time for everybody. I don't expect anybody to come through and like be like, here's a bunch of money. But I guess different strokes for different folks it it hasn't affected some people in the way that i fully expected and was ready to take that into account 
So that's been cool too, because it helps me. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you know. Well, that's that's a good thing. I like the fact that you know it sounds, it sounds like you're you're in, you're entertaining, very entertaining. Where you know the, the people want to stay, you know, stay on with you and contribute as well. Because it it seems like my understanding of Twitch, if if you're not entertaining, who you know who, who's going to stick around and want to view that channel? You know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of the same thing as switching through different TV channels. If you go to a TV show and you're like, this sucks, you're just going to click off of it. But if you go to a TV channel and you have me dyeing my beard blue and eating raw tomatoes and weird stuff that I've done on my channel, then you're going to probably stick around and be like, I wonder what's going on with this guy. You don't have to put yourself out there and do crazy elaborate stunts or try and like be a clout chaser or anything, but... Every once in a while, I'll do something a little bit silly. It's like a community goal. Yes, I remember you. You did dye your beard. So would you? Would you dye your hair? Your beard? I don't look good with a lot of colors. How you know? Because I don't do it. That's how I know. I will eat raw tomatoes though. Because that's not that's most not, people do. That's not a stretch for you. We should, you, should, you should like dye your beard pink. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that next month. We should do this month for breast cancer awareness. Hey, man, if you need some blue beard dye, I still got it. <laughs> Don't you be doing product placement. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, it, it... <laughs> so so what's next for you and your Twitch channel? Where, you, where, you, where do you see that going for you? Where are you looking to take it? So just recently, I was like super, super, I guess, blessed or... <coughs> whatever you want to call it, just super lucky to have had a sponsor. Anybody who's like in the gaming scene or like watching YouTube or anything like that, you've probably heard of this particular mobile game. I got sponsored by it and I was able to go through and just have a whole cool campaign with it and everything. What's the name of the game? The name of the game? Raid Shadow Legends. I didn't know if you wanted me to say it or not. <laughs> not good. No, we, we won't pimp it on our channel, but you can pimp it. <laughs> but, uh, it was super cool. It, so they based it off of how many viewers I had concurrently for like the past like couple months. They were like, you have enough viewers, you have enough of a following to where we think that this would benefit you. So we're going to reach out. And if you can get a certain amount of people to sign up and play our game, then we can pay you X amount of money. And the fact that that even happens at like a low scale channel like mine, because in the grand scheme of things, my channel is pretty, I'd say, like a medium-sized channel. If you look at, like, the Twitch statistics, I think I'm in, like, the top 1% of Twitch. But there's so many people that stream on Twitch with, like, zero viewers because they don't put themselves out there that I feel like those numbers are skewed a lot. But that sponsorship was, like, a huge thing for me. Like, it's it's a company showing that they are interested in paying and sponsoring and helping the community grow by me just kind of being like, hey, check out this game. It's cool. And I don't have to shill it out all the time or like just be completely obsessed with it, which is also awesome. As far as like where I want to take it, I would like to do more sponsored deals, obviously, because that's money and that's exposure and a good thing for everybody. My community overall has been like very receptive of it, too. They're not calling me like a sellout or anything like that. I'm sure if my community was much bigger, they probably would. And I would be okay with that because, I mean, I have to live as well. Selling out is kind of the goal. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) But just creating a community that transcends Twitch is what I would like to do. 
we already have started to like infiltrate Twitter and like we have a Discord server that has a bunch of people that just hang out and play video games together or just do whatever. Like we do movie nights where we just hang out on Discord and we watch movies together. I just want a group of friends that I can just hang out with and have a good time with. And as long as everybody's having a good time and it's inclusive and everybody feels included, that's the main goal. That's all that I care about. If I can support myself and my family and everything else and the community and if I can give back to the community in some way because I've been doing giveaways and stuff because of everything blowing up, then that's where I would like to take it. Just keep on this steady incline of where we're going now. That's great. I'm very I'm very happy for you, Sinjin, you know, that you found a passion of yours and you, you took it to the next level. And for me, I got a, a better understanding of what Twitch is and how you were able to monetize that, you know, as well, too. Because I was like, how's he, how's he making money off this? Like, how's he getting viewership? You know, things like that. So... I really appreciate you know that, that knowledge you have, and you were able to share that with with us today in our audience. So um, before we move on, I have one more question: What <coughs> games do you play when you stream primarily? Oh, that's a that's a loaded question right now. Uh, <laughs> so there's been so many games that have been coming out and getting delayed and getting hype built up, and then like getting canceled. Uh, so recently, I've been really just going ham with Waifu Simulator Genshin Impact. It's like an anime-esque Breath of the Wild game. It's very good. Very, very good. It's free to play. I play World of Warcraft. I've been playing that for like 16 years. So I'm still playing that. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like an addiction. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at at a certain point, it definitely was. I've stopped playing it as much. I usually like play like maybe once a week or something like that. But so that's something that I'm going to be playing. I do spooky Saturdays, so I play scary games on Saturdays most of the time, unless I run out of scary games to play, because at this point, it's been, I've been doing spooky Saturdays for like a year, a year and some change, so I've almost ran out of scary games, so I'm doing throwback Thursdays, kind of, with spooky games. (laughs) I mean, with all of the Five Nights of Freddy sequels, I'm pretty sure you had plenty of games to play. I don't want to play those trash games. Are those games games more centered towards kids or adults? I have no idea. Let's not talk about it. So yeah, it's kind of all over the place. It's just kind of whatever tickles my fancy. I try and keep up to date with games that are coming out and just try and give people what they want we have like a whole thing where viewers go through and they suggest games for me for me to play so it's kind of all over the place i try and keep it varied so that way i can get like a larger (laughs) audience of people to come through and be like hey this person's playing that game that i like but i do tell them i might not be playing it the next day because we never know so cool cool good stuff good stuff well that was the part one of our our podcast so the second part of it is that we're gonna go full-on geek because me and Stefan, we uh, have a segment, or we have a, episodes we call Hero, Hero Talk, Talk, where we talk about like a lot of the upcoming news, and whether it be Marvel, DC, combo-related, superhero shows, action movies, things like that. So we have another nerd with us, thank goodness, <laughs> that we talk about this stuff with. And so we're just going to have, a, you know, this is a, a, a three-way conversation, you know, just kind of bouncing ideas off of and see what you're feeling, what you're not. So what movies are you looking forward to? Once they open up theaters or I guess put more streaming services, anything DC or Marvel has caught your eye. So I was looking it up because I've kind of like been out of the loop, I think, as far as like DC and Marvel stuff for a minute, just because this whole situation. But I was looking it up. There's a movie called, I think it's Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Mm -hmm. It's a Marvel movie. Yeah. Man, I looked this dude up. 
he is the most badass dude that I've ever seen that doesn't have actual superpowers. He's like Neo, but just in the Marvel universe. And like every once in a while, he'll he'll get a superpower either from like the Pym stuff, and he grows super big, or like he got some powers of a bomb. But he's able to dodge bullets, and he's a kung fu master. And Ares, like the god of war, was like, yeah, he can scuffle with some gods and stuff so that one looks super interesting to me just based off of i don't know a lot about that character i feel like i've heard of him before but he's not like a main staple of like the marvel and the avengers so i think anything like that's cool where they like take other characters and they're like hey here's a cool character that you probably haven't heard of what else the marvel's what if series looks super interesting too those are like the two things that really like popped out to me I, I want to look at more into DC stuff. I haven't watched like a, a live action DC movie in a minute. <laughs> you didn't miss anything. <laughs> like, I know. I, I hate to show my bias. <laughs> I know DC is better for animated movies, which I appreciate as like a, an artist and stuff like that, but. They used to be. They've gone downhill substantially for some time now. Well, the last the last few animated movies haven't been that bad. Animation wise, they've been, they've been pretty. The Superman movie? Was the last one that came out was Man of Tomorrow? Oh, that was alright. That, that was just alright. Yeah, that was alright. It was a different. It's it a different. What's the word? I mean, it, different it, art style than what, what, what we used to see. I mean, see. it's not even the art style. It was the terrible story, and that third act fell apart hard. So, the, 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 so when you watch an and this is a question to you too, Sinjin, does the art style for you impact the storytelling of a of a movie? Yeah, for me it does. As somebody who has studied animation and like is very in tune with watching how stuff is and like how in between frames are made and like how the animation flows, stuff like that. It's very off putting. If I see something that's not well animated and I'm just like, I can't deal with this. Like Dragon Ball Super. Like if you guys watch the original Dragon Balls and then Dragon Ball Super has like some, some scenes are like garbage and I can't watch it. And I'm just like, I'm done with this. So like, they they have some massively animated scenes, but then the majority of them are terrible. But that's like that's definitely something that could take me out of it, and it, it's hard to pull me back into it if it looks like garbage. Yeah, I know for me, I, I watched what was that? Seven Deadly Sins, the like the, the recent new uh, see, uh, season, season four. Yeah, season yeah. four. Oh. Like that, <clears throat> the animation was bad. The, the story, the story was terrible. I just was so disappointed with that overall because the first season it really it, it really brought me into that world and I was hooked on it. That, that season four though was just a bad taste in my mouth. So I, I wouldn't even say that the story was terrible. It was that the animation was so bad it was hard to follow the story because you didn't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of like so I I haven't watched all of One Punch Man season two, but I've I've seen a bunch of videos of people critiquing how impactful the animation was yes, in the first right. season and then season two like they didn't do any kind of like dynamic shots or anything like that it just all kind of felt like they just rushed it and they didn't yeah switch studios you know so they could get a reduction on price of production <laughs> and, it, and it really shows so i mean as far as marvel dc movies jerome what you got as far as uh, what you looking up? forward to yeah looking forward to i'm looking forward to black widow because that's, that's, that should have been, I should have been seeing that had not the pandemic had hit. Right. Right. <laughs> I want to see that. DC wise, honestly, I want to see a Just League movie. It's not a cut. Ew, I hate you so much. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, I do want to see just, the, I just want to see like, I guess like Zach, Zach Snyder's full vision. 
Cause I think he had some cool ideas, but they just weren't going to really work and fit in that in that world to a certain extent. But because he's getting an opportunity to release that cut or you know release those ideas, I, I do want to see everything now. Right, give it a shot. <laughs> I, I only want to see it just so that people can shut up about it. <laughs> well, I feel like you you take that towards me. <laughs> I mean, if the shoe fit, you put on that goddamn cloth and you chop around this bitch. <laughs> But no, for me, I think based off of what I've seen, at least the last trailer that I've seen, the thing that I'm looking forward to most is probably Scarlet Witch and Vision. Okay. I mean, WandaVision, because it looks so different than anything that Marvel's done so far. So that's what I'm looking forward to. As far as DC, nothing really hits my radar. Quick side note, what are you guys, how are you guys feeling about the Robert Pattinson Batman? How are you feeling? I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't a fan at first because the only thing I really seen him in was in uh, was Twilight. People only know him from Twilight, but he can actually act. And Matt Reeves is directing, and he directed two great Planet of the Apes movies. So, uh. but I'm looking forward to that because when I saw the, the trailer, I was like, okay. I, I was like, I, I, I'm. I see the world. I see the vision. I'm. I'm. I'm into it now. So, I'm looking forward to it. We watched it together uh, as a group of maybe like five of us in Discord. Mm-hmm. And when he started beating that man senseless, oh my goodness, we all got so hyped, like unrationally hyped. I was like, yeah, beat his ass. I was so excited. So if more of the movie is about that, like just Batman just straight up crippling people, I'm about it. I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, it's directed by Matt Reeves and Robert Patterson can actually act and I trust Matt Reeves as a director so yeah I will, I will hold Robert Patterson to him open up his chest and he was sparkling glitter and stuff hey he hated that movie as much as everybody else did he hated nothing to walk away from it <laughs> money's money <laughs> I only know him from, from that from Twilight and he was also Cedric Diggory on Harry Potter and he died a noble death on Harry Potter and that's about it those are the only two movies. I don't even know if you look on his IMDb if he even has any other acting roles. He has a ton of acting he roles. He, he does. <laughs> he's been in a ton of movies. <laughs> he's a, he's a very well he's a very well versed actor. But yeah, the, the man can actually act. But again, he's only known for those probably those two main roles right there: Twilight and Harry Potter. So, but I think I think he'll do the role justice. I can't either wait to see the movie to see like where he ranks as far as like I guess. Is he better than Affleck or is he better than Christian Bale in a sense? So, but, you know, Batman has enough content and enough material and supervillains that they can, I won't say they can recast the character like every 10 years, but they keep that story going. Mm-hmm. Right, true. So what's your favorite Marvel movie and favorite DC movie? And do you have a favorite character for each one? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, you can go superhero movie in general, if that makes it easier. I think... Like an anti-hero that I like from DC, if this counts, uh, is Lobo. I really like Lobo. Everybody loves Lobo. I don't feel like I hear enough about Lobo. Maybe I'm just in a secluded little bubble of not right. But get out of your echo chamber. <laughs> I love Lobo. I really like the Deadpool movies because I like comedy spruced into stuff a lot. And I think that Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool, other than that time that he was Deadpool in that Wolverine movie was like the best choice that they could have picked for him like I, I love Ryan Reynolds and that movie I think about a lot and I'm excited for the third one to come out they said that they're gonna make it rated R I think I've been hearing rumors which I'm excited yeah about. yeah the uh, CEO of 
Disney's like they they don't plan on changing what has been the success. Right. <laughs> so that's like one of my favorite characters. As far as like my favorite DC character as well, I really liked Flash for a, a long time. I just haven't been keeping up with DC. I don't know what it is. Marvel's just been at the forefront of everything just because they're coming out with like so many heavy hitters lately that I feel like that's all that's constantly in my mind as far as like superhero stuff. And it just like clouds my vision. And I can't think of anything (laughs) else other than like the Avengers and Captain America throwing his shield and throwing hammers and Mjolnir and Thor going around with a big old belly gut crying to raccoons and stuff. Uh, (laughs) So those are like the the movies that are coming to my mind immediately from what I'm thinking. Right. And that that Avengers game is not bad either. That's completely off topic, but that's what I think of lately. I I think you're lying. (laughs) I have that game. (laughs) (laughs) We got first-hand accounts over here. Full disclosure, I'm saying it because I got it gifted by somebody, and I don't... Oh, well, then... I, I paid my hard on sixty dollars. You showing your bias, sir? Get out of the conversation. <laughs> it's okay. Like I don't know. I I think I I'll have more fun with the characters like Captain America, Black Widow, Hawkeye, those type of characters in that world. Uh, Thor's u- uber powerful. So is Hulk. I hate playing with Iron Man. I don't like playing with him either. Because <laughs> I feel like he's just too clunky, and he requires too much of upgrades to really be powerful. I think it's hard for a game like that to be balanced for all characters because you got literal like gods of thunder and a big ass green tank behemoth guy. And then you got like (laughs) Nighthawk and like Scarlet Witch and stuff like that or Scarlet Widow and Captain America. And they're just like fist fighting people. And you're like, okay, well, uh, how are we supposed to make them feel as strong as? the literal god of thunder and you can't certain characters are going to feel stronger because they should be technically stronger i'm sorry it's not based around being equal power strengths and stuff they all bring their own different things but i i don't think that was well balanced but i still like the feeling of it (laughs) get get out of here sir (laughs) we don't agree with your opinion It had me, it had me, I'm just worried about when they introduce other characters, like, the news of Spider-Man got me excited, but it's not going to be Insomniac's, Insomniac's Spider-Man, it's going to be their version, so I'm like, okay, what's that going to entail? How's that going to look and feel? So, but, you know, we'll see when we get there, but they said they're going, they're doing like a bunch of upgrades to kind of get people to come back to the game, so I guess they lost a lot of, uh, a whole lot of people. <laughs> yeah, they lost a lot of, uh, what you want to say? Players. players. Yeah, players. A lot of players. So. Within the first month of that game being out. <laughs> we'll see. Which which is said that your opinion is invalid, sir. <laughs> I, I know you ain't screaming that on Twitch. <laughs> I tried. And I was like, uh, maybe we're going to switch over to something else. <laughs> Stop playing Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so speaking of DC, do you think that they can pull off a good Flash movie with Ben Affleck's Batman and Mal Keaton's Batman in the same film? I tried to look into this a little bit beforehand. What the hell are they doing with Michael Keaton's Batman in this film? (laughs) So the next Flash movie, they're going to do a Flashpoint Paradox where, you know, Flash go runs into the future, changes, alters time. And so... Michael Keaton's Batman is supposed to be like a very old version of Batman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like that, that immediately makes me think of any old Batman makes me think of Batman Beyond, which would be right, right, right. essentially like a spinoff on that. I like Michael Keaton. 
in general. Yeah, it's my favorite Batman. I think he's. I, yeah, I think he's definitely like up in my top Batmans too. I, I again, I haven't seen the Justice League movie or Batman versus Superman, so I don't know how good Affleck's Batman is. Is it garbage? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Well, Batfleck is not that bad. He has one good scene in the movie. Well, yeah, he does have one good scene in the Batman vs Superman movie. Yes, but I think as a as a Bruce Wayne and Batman, he's not that bad. He didn't really do anything as Bruce Wayne. It was old Bruce Wayne. He, <laughs> he, 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 he had a training montage to fight Superman. <laughs> you need that when you fight Superman. You need a montage to get ready for Superman because he's Superman. <laughs> so yeah. I... Ben Affleck didn't do enough as Batman for me to even put him in the ranking. Well, he's only in two. Well, two films is enough, but he didn't have like a solo film himself. Right. And he didn't. I think he'd be a solo film that might, I won't say that it would etched him up anywhere near, past anybody, but it would have been, it's like, all right, he, he might, I think he'd been, uh, he could be in the running. <laughs> yeah, solidified. So, in Justice League, he was just, I mean, that movie's okay, so. Ew. <laughs> That movie is not okay. <laughs> well, I'm being, I would be nice about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but as far as the Flash movie goes, hopefully this is some course correction for you know Warner Brothers DC because they have absolutely no idea of a <laughs> of a continuous storyline that they're trying to do. So hopefully Are this they course corrects. The same actor as as the actor that was in the Justice League for Flash. Yeah, yeah, Ezra, Ezra Miller. Miller. Okay. Yeah. I get worried that they're going to start recasting people all the time, and I'm like, please they stop. They were. They were, about, they were about to fire him, let him go of everything, but he came with a script that I think they halfway liked, and so... Yeah, they, I mean, the only reason this Flash movie is getting made is because of him. He's been fighting to get this movie made. Because <laughs> they have, they they changed directors, like, what, three or four times? Yeah. And they had some, they had some decent names attached to it directing it, but that they came, I think, they had so many creative differences... They had to walk away from it, of course. So hopefully, hopefully it makes sense where they it'll be a decent movie. I don't know how it's going to like you know separate the worlds, make them any better than what they already got going on. So we'll see. What are your thoughts on the recent MCU Spider-Man news that Jane Fox is returning and Doctor Strange joining his joining as his mentor? I'm excited for Spider-Verse because that's the only thing that I'm getting out of this is that there could be a possible Spider-Verse. <coughs> I'm excited for it. Bring back my boy Andrew Garfield. Bring in anybody else. I'm still upset that they waited so long to the point to where Donald Glover was old enough to where he couldn't be Spider-Man anymore. So bring in somebody else that could be Miles Morales. I want all the Spider-Men everywhere. And I want Jamie Foxx to just get beat out by a bunch of different Spider-Men. Just a bunch of dudes <laughs> beat them in the face. I want it. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm actually excited for it. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. That's the only reason that they would bring him back as Electro if they were only doing a Spider-Verse. Because them doing a multiple universes, that, that they can introduce the Fantastic Four, the X-Men. They Multiverse is the best way to introduce all of those other properties that they now have control of. And so, yeah. And if they do it in the Spider-Man, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. I need them to make... They're going to bring in Andrew Garfield. Of course, they want to bring in somehow another Tobey Maguire. I need him to be evil in this. Why some, though? Just some, I need I need one Spider Man to be evil. They kind of like kind of set some stuff up or fuck something up along the way. Like he can't just be you know. Oh, we got three Spider Man. Like we gonna save the world? No, one of them got to be sabotaging something. Why though? Why not? Why you think, we- you think, you think Tobey Maguire ain't bitter that he he got he got he got dealt with Venom and Sandman his last his last film and here is Tom Holland. 
bringing in, you know, the cavalry, bringing in Jamie Foxx, bringing in the <laughs> Sinister Six. Iron Man, Spider Suit. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's going to be the most technologically advanced Spider-Man out of all of them. They're all just going to give up and be like, let's just let Tom Holland fight everybody. I think that would be cool with that being said. I think it would be cool to have like kind of maybe like a redemption story for Tobey Maguire's. Not necessarily that he's bad, but maybe he's given up. Maybe he has something where like he's tired of being Spider-Man or he doesn't find like the purpose in it anymore. And he like gets called in kind of like how they did in the Spider-Verse a little bit. Right. I think that would be interesting. Not like exactly like a super parallel, but I always think that redemption stories are cool for like character development and like people emotionally invested and stuff. Cause you're like, yeah, Toby, don't go back to that emo phase, please. Cause it was weird. <laughs> it was really weird. I blame Sony studios for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I think they will pull probably some stuff from, from the spider verse. Cause that was so successful and a lot of people, you know, really love that film. So I think they're gonna they'll probably pull a few uh, uh, cues from there just to make that fit for Spider Man. So, all right. And the final question before we close out. So, what are your top three villains from any anime, cartoon, or comic book? Mine are gonna be so weird, guys. <laughs> Let you know they're gonna be weird. Okay, Hades is my number one. I wish I had my hoodie down here. I have a Disney Hercules Hades hoodie. To be fair. Some of it looks like a penis, though, so I'm not going to wear it right now. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I don't want to have to blur that out. <laughs> they take his head, and they flip it upside down, and I'm like, why'd you do that? Just have his head all the way out. I'll have to show you guys later, but Hercules is like my favorite Disney animated film of all time. I've said it multiple times. I feel like I've told Jaron that, and I've told everybody that. It, it's my favorite, and I think Hades... And now I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now everybody knows. Hades is like such a relatable to adults villain, I feel like. When I was a kid, I was like, man, this dude sucks. Now I'm like an adult and I'm like, some of his stuff sounds a little bit reasonable. I can kind of get that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can see him like hating basically his boss for putting him on janitorial duty for the most part and like some other stuff. I, I just like Hades. I like James Woods as an as a voice actor for Hades. Yeah, um, he definitely did a good job. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Live action Hercules movie. I'm terrified <coughs> because Disney's record for live action movies from animated movies is not good, in my opinion. I don't like any of the live action remakes of any of the Disney movies. Lion King, Aladdin, Cinderella, Jungle Book. I, I don't think any of them are really good, but I'm scared for that. So that's number one. Number two is Megatron. Megatron is, from what I can remember... Like, one of the longest <clears throat> villains that has been getting his ass beat consistently over the decades, and he still isn't quitting. He's went through so many different forms. Hey, hey, he killed Optimus Prime in the 1984 Transformers movie. Let's go put that out there. <laughs> but then the next season, he just gets his ass beat again. Yeah, okay, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been through so many different forms of like Beast Wars and Autobots and all these different forms. The man literally turned into a gun at one point. That was his original. <laughs> Gen 1. <laughs> Turns into a gun. Who's, who's shooting it? There's no hand part. Starscream shoots the gun. Come on now, get with it. <laughs> Starscream didn't shoot him a lot, though. He would jump, he would jump in there and transform and Starscream would shoot him. It did jump out of his hand. <laughs> I think Megatron is good. And then I couldn't, I honestly couldn't think of a third one. So I was just like, Plankton. 
Plankton from SpongeBob. Boom. Villain. <laughs> I mean, if we go in lowest common denominator. <laughs> he's a villain, and he's also relatable. I think I just look for relatable characteristics of villains, and that's why I like them. I was going to put... Okay, that makes sense then. <laughs> I was going to put the character, the villain that stuck in my head the longest throughout my childhood was him from the Powerpuff Girls. Him, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. creature. I don't know what it is. It's spooky. And it, it gave me nightmares when I was a kid. And I was just like looking up villains. I was like, all right, well, that it's either that or Plankton. And I feel like more people know about Plankton than they do about him. So. <laughs> true, true, probably true. Probably true. <laughs> That's good. That's a good list right there. All right, we're going around the table. You no, next. You nope, it's on you. We're going this way. That's <laughs> clockwise. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> so for mine, I also had Megatron, too. It's top of my list. Okay. And I felt like, you know, Megatron, he he got stuff done, but then he didn't get nothing done at all. Right. <laughs> so but I, but I found him to be, you know, entertaining. And then as you read, like, the comic books, see the anime, the different anime movies they, they've done with them in there, you know, they've uh, able to... Delve deep into the character's past, and you find out more about what Megatron is. So he's he's trying to save Cybertron, but he's doing it in probably the worst way possible. Yeah. So, so he's top of my list. Second, what for me would be Frieza from Dragon Ball Z. I was about to put him in there. He was he had, he had a goal. He was relentless. He killed his his uh, his uh, arch enemy's best friend. Then he got his ass kicked. For like what ten episodes, <laughs> maybe more. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm yeah, not definitely go more. Back and waste my time watching it. I'll just do the abridged version. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then they brought him back into super, and he's kind of like anti-hero-ish to a certain extent. But I like the fact they brought him back because he, he he was somebody who's like still like I'm going to beat Goku one day, and he yes he and yes he leveled up too. He, he got he got his golden form, so I so Freeze has been somebody I, I I like to watch. I think it's very entertaining. Third villain, I would say Lobo. I've I've, I've always liked him in the uh, the Superman animated show, reading the comic books, and I think that's somebody that in a movie I would love to see Lobo versus Superman just because because just because Superman can fight somebody that's on his same level of strength. And that's something that I don't think we've seen in a Superman in a Superman movie, or when he's in a movie period, that he fights somebody equivalent to his strength. I mean, they try to do that with the Man of Steel movie. Yeah, but I mean, like we we, we all knew how it was going to turn out, though. You know, like, I wouldn't really fight, him fighting General Zod and everything. And I wouldn't really consider Lobo a villain per se, because he's a bounty hunter. It's not really he doesn't really have an affiliation. Okay, but yeah, I, I, I guess it works. He has villainous characteristics. Sure, sure. <laughs> we, we can stretch it that way. He did his nose of being a villain. Right. So I, I'm going to start my list. I'm going to go three, two, one instead of one, two, three. So number three for me is Scar from The Lion King. The Lion King <laughs> is my favorite Disney movie. And Scar is about the most relatable villain that I know of. <laughs> And what you're saying is you got an evil uncle out there somewhere. <laughs> well, I'm the evil uncle. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> and, a good point. And Be Prepared is my all-time favorite Disney song in general. My number two villain, Magneto from the X-Men. Okay. I said as far as relatability goes, 
Jewish during the Holocaust. He's all about saving his people, and he doesn't give a fuck how he does it. Mm-hmm. And his power set is ridiculous. I love it. And my number one for all time greatest villain from any material that I can think of is Eisen from Bleach. Oh. Just the best written villain fucking ever. And I, I haven't found a villain that's been written as well as him. And granted, Bleach fell off hard as shit after they beat Eisen, but he was the best villain in any anime to date for me. Hmm. Oh, this is a good choice. I like that. Damn, I must. I need to go back and watch Bleach. I only watched like I feel like the first season of Bleach, and then I just like fell out of it. I don't know why. Oh yeah, then yeah, you you missed out on <laughs> when they go to Soul Society, and then Eisen is revealed as the big villain and his motivations and everything that he does. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Eisen is a fucking phenomenal villain. Yeah, Bleach is a good series to watch, but you gotta you gotta get to like the points where like they're doing a lot of fighting and explaining. Those, you know, the reasons why they're fighting because they got so much filler in a lot of those Yeah, seasons. all those animes tend to have a shit ton of filler. Yeah, all the shonens. <laughs> yeah. If, if you were on Shonen Jump, we got filler for you. <laughs> <laughs> they got to sell those magazines or those, uh, those manga. So they got to make it as drawn out as possible. I was going to do Magneto too because I just think that he's an interesting character. I think yeah. that yeah. it's interesting, like his dynamic with Professor Xavier too because it's kind of like a Martin Luther King. Malcolm X type thing. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Yeah, that, that's pretty much the, the parable of, of those two is that same vein. Yeah, I thought it was super interesting that after reading about it and watching about it, I was like, wow. I didn't even I I didn't even put it together that they were like that until like having that different perspective. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is great. I love it. He's like yeah. relatable in like a lot of circumstances. And like you can see that his. It's coming from good intentions of what he wants to protect, but he's not doing it in the best way, I feel like. He, he's using more aggression yeah. than anything, you know. And it's, it's like he, he's tired. Of, he's like, we have to be, the, we got to be uh, on the offense, not on the defense. And Professor S is always like, you know, let's be on the defense, but protect them and show them that we're not bad. But it's like, you know, like, man, he was like, you know, shit, they know what we can do. So, yeah, that that's my list there. Yeah, you have a good list, y'all. I like, I like both y'all lists. I like everybody's list. <laughs> I like mine the most. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You included Plankton. <laughs> Listen, man. The chum bucket will rise again. Okay. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> oh, that was great. Uh, so, closing out, is there anything you want to go ahead and promote, Sinjin? You want to tell us what you... Twitch channel, talk about that, you know, where can people contact you, meet up with you, see your stream? Yeah, for sure. So it's just Twitch, T-W-I-T-C-H dot TV slash Sinjino, S-I-N-J-I-N-O. I am there Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. and on Saturdays from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. So you can catch me there. You can find me on Twitter. Just look up Sinjino. I'm there. You can keep up to date with anything that i post there as well that's primarily where i'm at right now so come by and say hi one thing that i don't know that a lot of people know about twitch because they just assume that it's the same way that it works with like facebook live i don't get notifications that somebody just pops in and is lurking on my channel so if if you come through say hi it's not like facebook where it'll be like such and such has joined your live stream you gotta say hi otherwise i'm not gonna know that it's you so if you come through say hi will do will do 
I think we might we might get a Twitch channel or something, you know, and people can watch stuff on do random stuff. Would be such a great idea. <laughs> I'm so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, everybody, that's the podcast, and as always, you can check us out on YouTube, Google Music Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Sinjin. Peace. Thank you. Bye.